you know, in the moment when it happened, um, I, I said to God um, that I was going to dedicate my life to Him um, more deeply than I ever had in the past. Welcome to Behind My Journey, a podcast that is for our community. In today's episode, I sit down with Dawn Ricker. Dawn has gone through many transformations in her life, but her story shows how she emerged stronger on the other side. Welcome to this episode of the Behind My Journey podcast. My name is Quinn Eaton, and sitting with me today is Dawn Ricker. Dawn, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. We were just talking before we got started because I remember a conversation that we had whenever we were both serving on a guest services team. I think you've always, you had always worked the earlier uh, service. I'm the type of person that likes to sleep in, so I'm always in the later services. But I do remember that at one point our paths crossed. We had a really good conversation, and I, was, I walked away. And, of course, because I have this responsibility of recording the podcast, I was like, Don has had a really good little story right there. I'd like to have her on. And now here we are. It wasn't, I don't know how long ago that was. It, it, I was, guess, at the CFSB Center, right? It was a while back. It was probably a year and a half ago or But more. But finally, we have gotten here, uh, and you are on the Behind My Journey podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this, because I know that sometimes sitting down for something like this can be a little intimidating, but hopefully we'll have a very comfortable, relaxed conversation, okay? I, sometimes people ask me if, if my, what my goal is whenever I am interviewing somebody. It is not to make anybody cry or have anybody storm out. I'm not <laughs> trying to cause any controversy. <laughs> I just definitely want to uh, get your story out there for the people that are listening. So we'll dive into a little bit about you. You've been attending, for, or attending Journey Church for five years, correct? Yes. And what originally brought you to Journey Church? I moved here um, from Ohio. Um, My parents lived down here. They moved down here in around 2006. Um, And I'm a single mom. And I moved down here in 2017 to be closer to them. And they had I had gone to the journey before when I would ever when I would visit them so I'd been to the Curris Center mm-hmm. I'd been you know to the CFSB all the different versions <laughs> I've been yeah, yeah. and um I, so I knew it was a church that I was interested in and so it was just natural for me when I moved here to start going to the journey mm-hmm. yeah and you told me that you immediately started volunteering. What, yes. what was the reasoning behind that, too? Because uh, sometimes people take some time to kind of figure <laughs> out, like, is this the place I should volunteer? What would I be good at? And, but you, you just jumped head, head first, right? Yeah, a lot of it was because my parents were also serving mm-hmm. on guest services. And, and I always like to be involved in whatever church I'm in because I understand that God likes to use everybody no matter where they're at. Um, and... So that was just a natural thing for me to do was I want to yeah. volunteer. <laughs> and God has kind of trusted you to do a lot of different things within the church. You are a guest services group leader, which is a big deal. Uh, I will say that because I was always, whenever I was on guest services, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I could do the whole like, well, how's everybody doing? How was your week kind of thing? So there, there are a lot of responsibilities with that. You help with the children's ministry. So guest mm-hmm. services in the first service, children's ministry in the second service. You lead a women's group. You uh, organize food trains. I know I just threw a lot out at you, but but kind of talk about all these different roles that you have within the church. 
Um, they're all different sides of me that I just love. Um, I, I love showing love to people through my cooking because I'm very passionate about cooking. I always say the longer it takes, the more love goes into it, the better mm. it tastes. So yeah. that's why I like to get people excited about signing up for the food train. I also um, love meeting new people and being outside my comfort zone. So maybe that's why I like yeah. it a little bit more than other people, but just um, meeting new people and making sure they feel loved and welcomed. And um, children, obviously I'm a mom and I love I love serving with the twos and threes. Um, I know I've said to Jared before, like I don't get overwhelmed doing all this stuff because this is the fun stuff. This okay. is the fun part of my week, you know. And you know, I've I've been through a lot as a woman, and I love to encourage other women. And a couple years ago, um, I started leading a women's group mm-hmm. um, out of my home, and um, it's helped me grow, and it's been exciting to help others grow in in their walk. So right, and then I know that. The first time that I heard the term food train was actually, I think, from you. Oh, okay. So for some people that are listening, what would you kind of describe a food train as? It's actually a really well, cool idea. Well, yeah. I, I, a lot of, you know, even even, be, even before I started helping, and um, the journey did do meal trains here and there, um, and I, I had been a recipient of one of the food trains, um, but... The food train is basically when someone has a baby or someone has a surgery, you know, um, getting people to sign up to cook a meal for them. Um, it, it really is a like a tangible way to help someone when they're yeah. going through a hard time to show them love. I think oftentimes when we're going through hard times, it's hard to even think about what am I going to cook for exactly. <laughs> tonight? And um, so I, I just I just have always loved loving on people that Mm. way and in my early 20s I organized not here but in Columbus Ohio I organized a um a cooking ministry where we would cook uh, I cooked out of my apartment kitchen for 80 to 90 homeless people every Saturday for three years and then we would go out to homeless camps and pray for people and love on them and and they really enjoyed the food, obviously. <laughs> uh-huh, of course. I don't know anybody that would that would turn away free food. And I'm sure with the experience that you have, it's it's very good food. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's just such a cool idea because I have been in situations where you are in one of those circumstances. Uh, I don't I don't know when we're going to have time to cook or mm-hmm. worry about food because of these other things that are going on. And just to have some food brought in that... Yeah. You know, it's just it's just there. You can you can eat it. It's just so helpful. And it sounds like you've you've been doing that a, a lot of your life. That yeah. that whole whole idea of of cooking for others, eighty to ninety homeless people, uh, and and that's just something that you decided to do. Do you feel like that was something that God led you to do? What, what, what? Yeah, I had a pastor at the time that encouraged me um, down that path because he he knew my heart mm-hmm. and um, and that was that was how that started and. It was, um, to me, it was fun to get people to sign up to cook with me. Um, and then it was also so amazing and wonderful to actually go to homeless camps in a large city like Columbus, Ohio, where there's almost a million people mm-hmm. and um, to these little nooks and crannies around the city and just 
love on people. It's a it's a great way to show God's grace too, because a lot of times if someone has an act of kindness like that, they like, oh, well, what do I owe this person? But mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's no strings attached. It's just God's love, and you're spreading it through sharing food. And I think I think that's really good. And yeah. you have you have such a giving and gracious heart. <laughs> I've I've been able to to tell that just from some of the conversations we've had, and of course sitting down so far today. Talk about maybe how that kind of or how you formed that way. And uh, I, I guess, I mean, a big part of it would be when you placed your faith in, in Jesus, right? Yeah, I've had, I've had two <laughs> major transformations in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a little brief, brief background. I had a wonderful childhood. It was so beautiful and wonderful. My parents are high school sweethearts. Oh, and yeah. if you have ever met Linda and Charlie Schultz, they don't go to the church, this journey anymore, but they go to another church in town. But they are, it was just so amazing to grow up with just such wonderful parents and such a um, in, in such a wonderful home and you know my parents they'll be married 45 years this year in December <laughs> and um, we just I, they they showed us unconditional love and taught us how to love people that's where a lot of my love comes mm-hmm. from so um, given that um, I was the oldest and so I had a lot more rules than my brother and sister mm-hmm. and so when I moved out and went to college um, and I wasn't under my parents' roof. I went the other direction. <laughs> I experienced life a little bit more than I should have. And um, but at the same time, I had a very traumatic event happen to me in college that um, changed me um, in a very dramatic way and made me lose my self worth. And I was in a very low place um, when I moved. Um, to Columbus, Ohio to be closer to my family where they lived at the time and um, I was going I was working um, I have a architectural engineering degree and I was <laughs> working at an architecture firm and every Monday there was a group of us that would meet and have a Bible study mm-hmm. and um, I so I started going to that and one day this guy in the group who I thought was very attractive <laughs> was uh, asked me to lunch and I was like yes please I'll go to lunch with you <laughs> and, and um, he told me um, and when we got in the car he said listen he said you're not going to believe me he's like I know this is going to sound crazy to you but just hear me out he said God spoke to me and you're supposed to help me organize this mission trip to Honduras and I said no way (laughs) I said I just started going back to church I'm a huge sinner like and I'm just going to this um this bible study and getting connected with God and and um he said okay but um just go to lunch with me and we're meeting with some people that are going to fund this um trip and I just want you to tell me afterwards what you want to do well, I ended up helping him lead this trip, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing experience. We went to the island of Rattan, which is 40 miles long and two miles wide. They had electricity once a week for maybe an hour. Uh-huh. Um, it was very third world. Um, we lived in a shack on stilts out over the water, and um, the church there, when I... Um, I was where I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know you could feel the Holy Spirit, but it washed over me and brought me to tears. And when I came back, I told everyone when we were talking about the trip, I said, that's the kind of church I want to go to. I want to feel the Holy Spirit. And because um, I didn't know you could feel it. I didn't know you could feel it in yeah. your soul. And just so that was what um, started a um, so, um, this married couple that was in that Bible study that I talked about, they said, oh, you got to come to our church. It's a non-denominational church. And I'm like, what's a non-denominational <laughs> church? I don't know what that is. And I went and, and the first time I was there, my tear, tears were just flowing. I was just so overwhelmed. I felt the Holy Spirit. I knew that was where God wanted me. Since then, whenever I go to a new church, I have to feel the Holy Spirit because I know that that's how I know the Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways. And right. not everyone feels it like that. Everyone feels it in different ways. But that was how God spoke to me. And um, so I went on several mission trips. I did that cooking ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very active in that church. Um, I, in the end, I ended up getting hurt by some people in the church. And so I, um, I started studying Catholicism. <laughs> I studied it for two years and then I went through catechism mm-hmm. and I was like, cause I was like craving this structure. I was like, I want more structure. I want more. And, um, and you know, I think God brought me there for a reason. It's definitely opened my eyes. Like, it's not about the church you go to. It's not about the four walls that you walk into every Sunday. It's about the gift that we receive through Jesus mm-hmm. and how um, because of his sacrifice, we get to experience God in a real way. So I don't think that any man-made church has it right. Um and it's all about where God is going to meet you. And uh, so I, um, but then I met my ex-husband and he was atheist. And I was like, okay, you're not going to try to control me because that was some of the abuse that I had felt mm-hmm. in the one church. So um, that did not turn out well. <laughs> and um, so I had, so at that point I kind of drifted away from God. I think it's so important as women that we understand that, you know, um, how much of an influence um, the the partner that we pair up with has on our lives. Mm-hmm. Because God God did tre- God did create men to be the spiritual leaders of the household, and and um, and I think that we as women get in this vulnerable spot when we're with a man and we just want to follow them. Like if we love them, there's a part of us that wants. I don't care how strong of a woman you are and how mm-hmm. independent you are. There's a part of us that wants to follow a good man. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get led down in my life. I've gotten led down wrong paths um, in that way. So some of the things that you've experienced, of course, so you can still concede that, that's like that maybe a natural instinct to have, uh-huh. but then you've also discovered that there is a lot of power to being by yes. yourself and, and leading yourself. Yes. So intentionally over the last seven years, I, I, um, my divorce was very hard on me. I cried the first couple of years, um, every night. I, I didn't know when 
I would stop crying. I thought I was going to cry myself to sleep for the rest of my life. <laughs> like that was how down I was mm-hmm. on it. But I immediately when it happened, I, I, I ran towards God and, and I knew that, um, you know, in the moment when it happened, um, I, I said to God, um, that I was going to dedicate my life to him, um, more deeply than I ever had in the past and that I wanted him to refine me. I wanted him to do work in me Mm -hmm. and I, and I wanted to be in a place where I was okay being single and not dating. And I had a new mission in life. I had to take care of my kids and I have sole custody of them. So they're with me like 85% of the year and Mm -hmm. they need me so much. And I did not want anything distracting me for what God wanted me to do in their hearts also. So when you, when you decide (laughs) to, to kind of give it all to God, you were talking about earlier how the Holy Spirit has different ways of communicating with us and just kind of, I'm going back to the story whenever you said that someone just came up to you and said, God's leading me to ask you to help lead this ministry, right? Yeah. So sometimes God talks through people. Yeah. Sometimes God talks through the Holy Spirit. So how did you, how did you feel God in that moment where you decided that after all those things you were going to go to him? Peace just washed over me. I knew it was God. Mm -hmm. You know, he gave me, um, a lot of peace. The world says when you get divorced, get right back out there and just, and just start Mm -hmm. dating. Um, but that wasn't what God was telling me and that's not what God was showing me. And, um, in, so I, I'm okay with being single for the rest of my life. But at this point, I think because I did that so much fruit came out of that, I have such a deep healing from that situation. And now I'm finally to a point where I feel like if, if I did, it would be okay, but I'm not going to be looking for it, you know, because, um, you know, you know, you're healed when you're not reliving things Mm -hmm. and I'm not reliving things from my past. I'm, I'm transformed (laughs) again. I'm transformed. And that was going to be, that was going to be my next question. You kind of described to me before we even started recording that there were kind of two big transformations. So what is life like now after those transformations? Life now is I don't get my, um, I don't get my acceptance from other people. I get my acceptance from God Mm -hmm. and, and God, um, God is where I get my strength. God is where I get my joy. I have a lot of people say to me, um, you're always happy. I don't understand why you're always happy. Um, I'm always going through a lot of stuff with, with my kids. And, but I, because I'm relying on God for my joy, um, it's, it's not, it's not a struggle, you know, and going to God for that type of acceptance is so much more, I think, valuable than being, being valued by uh, a social media post or being Mm -hmm. valued by an idea or a societal norm. I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong because they look for that acceptance in other places. But yeah. for you, you found that God is that one place that you yeah. can go that, that does actually bring you genuine happiness. Yeah, because the world tells us. I mean, it, it tells us, you know, do you. Mm-hmm. Do what's happy for you. Like, go do. But no, it's it's deeper mm-hmm. than that. 
No, and that and that's that's true. And I that's one of the things that I've always a lot of people go and, and try to find joy in material things or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it is that you kind of fill that void with. And most of the time, that void, whenever it's finally filled with God, that's whenever you actually do feel like you're complete. And you're you, you said it earlier, like a peace washes over you. So yeah, it's interesting to hear kind of a testimony that uh, attests that. And I, and I think that that's that's really interesting. And then just talking about it, it, I know that there are a lot of people that have helped you along your faith journey. Oh, so yes. <laughs> let's give some time to that and, and talk about who are some of those key people that you feel like were helping you along your path. Yeah. I I definitely have some specific people in the church, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll get to those in a second. <laughs> but before I moved here, I was going to a Lutheran Evangelical Independent Church. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lutheran Evangelical, uh-huh. but they're out there. <laughs> and you've kind of bounced around to try yeah, to spread a little bit of everything. Yeah, and... Um, and it was an extreme situation, me coming here. There were um, some violations to a protection order. There was mm-hmm. a family member of my ex that had broken into my house. And the um, I had to move here um, sooner than I wanted to move here because the police were like, you really need to get out Mm -hmm. sooner than later because this isn't going well for you. And my neighbors across the street, who I didn't know that well, said, well, we'll drive your stuff down to Kentucky. And the church I was going to, which had a congregation of about 100 people, um, like half the congregation descended on my my house and packed it in two hours. And to me that was god <laughs> that was amazing that is amazing and those people i didn't even know they did get my stuff down here mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have not you right, know yeah. and um and so that was really powerful that had a huge impact on me when i first moved here but also but when i first moved here the love in this church is so profound um and um jared um martin has been a huge um mm-hmm huge encouragement in my life um he he always makes me a better leader he's always like encouraging me and um and also all of the ladies in my women's group definitely um ben and um Brittany and Brittany Mm -hmm. Stennett I know everyone mentions them in their (laughs) podcast but they did some amazing things for me even even Ben's cousin Brent um helped him and his wife helped me out Mm -hmm. at one point um so many people in my life have have dropped everything to help me my mom would say it's because I have thousands of angels that surround me but to me it's just so encouraging of God's love and like and and that's why and and also in my life so many women when I've gone through extreme circumstances have dropped everything to help me out and so that is another thing that drives me to be a women's group leader because, mm-hmm. um, you know, so many people um, tear tear each other down, especially women. We're so critical of each other. Like, look at her shoes. Look at her outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, we're so judgmental. And, um, you know, 
that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to pick each other apart. He wants us to divide, to divide us. But God wants us to be this amazing community that that is a force of love, mm. you know. And that's what I think about. Like, how can I be a force of love? Right. And I, the the frustrating part about that is it it seems like it would be easier to be that the nicer person to to compliment and things like that. But it does seem natural or not natural, but at least in today's norms, yeah. it is more likely for someone to tear someone down rather than build them up. Yeah. So it's such an, so it's such an important place in your life to have a group where that is happening, where everyone's yeah. kind of supportive and building each other. Yeah. Up. So one of the things we're doing in our women's group right now is we are, um, we are praying blessings over people who have hurt us in our life, not just forgiving them, because some of us are in a place where we're not quite ready to forgive some of the things. But what I'm encouraging them about is even just starting to pray blessings over people can soften your heart enough so you can get to that place of forgiveness. Yeah. And um, and then when we're done with this, we're gonna we're gonna burn them in a bonfire. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna let it go. A, a release of sorts. Yeah, but, that'll be good. You know. Um, the world's so divided right now and we as Christians just need to be a big force of love Mm -hmm. and just love on people and love speaks louder than words right exactly and a lot of the things that you've done in your life I think is out of love and so if there's someone that is listening to this and has listened to some of the things that you've done led a women's group gone on mission trips uh, helped in both services of a church. I don't know if, is there anyone else at church that does that? I don't know. You might be I setting like so. a record or something, but, um, <laughs> but all these things that you've done, I think just to help spread God's love, mm-hmm. what would you tell people that are kind of on the fence about like whether or not they should do something or even a circumstance where you're, you're getting out of a, of a relationship and, and you need to take that, that jump to, to go ahead and, and, and leave and, and follow what God's telling you to do. All those things. I know that's a lot, but what are the what, what's the first thing that comes to mind whenever you say like, okay, what out of all the things that I've experienced in my life can I say that would help others? Um, just show up when it's uncomfortable. I found in my life um, just just showing up at a church you don't know, just showing up to a group you don't know anyone. Um, you know, the enemy wants to tell us not to show up there, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the world tells us it's okay. You know, if you're uncomfortable, just don't show up, you know, but, but that's the big lie. Like God, there's been so many times in my life where I have almost completely talked myself out of going somewhere and then I go somewhere and then God blesses me through someone or, you you know, God brings someone to me that Mm -hmm. helps me in a time of need. And, and I walk away thinking, man, if I wouldn't have shown up there, then (laughs) I, you know, I wouldn't have had this wonderful experience. And, you know, sometimes even I tell people some of the deepest friendships I've ever had in life were with people when I first met them, they rubbed me wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So so now as I've gotten older, it's like, ooh, someone's rubbing me wrong. I'm going to try to be more better friends with them because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And all, I mean, all of these things that you, like even that and then even praying blessings on other people, so much easier said than done. But yes. it is a powerful it's thing so to do. It's so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Don, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. 
and sitting down to be a part of the Behind My Journey podcast. I know that your story is going to help a lot of people. I know it helped me just with some of the things that that were on my heart. So so thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind My Journey. If you or anyone that you know would like to have your journey featured on this podcast, send us an email at podcast at journeycalloway.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And if this message spoke to you, please help us spread the word and share it with others. Until next time, my name is Quinn Eaton, and this has been Behind My Journey.